Good morning. I've been told I have to wear this when I preach. So, uh, can you, uh, can you see? So, I'm sorry, all you other dads. You're just not quite, you know, you're just not quite measured up. There can only be one, one number one. So, uh, I don't think I can preach with that on, mind you. But I may eat it halfway through if I get peckish. It's, it's so good to be back with you. I've missed you. I'll accept that. I'll, I'll take that as a... If you've got your Bibles... Uh, that's very good. Is Joe here? Joe Thurston. Joe, do you want to stand up? This is... Joe's been at university in Winchester. This is her last Sunday with us until she comes back in December with her to-be husband. Is that right? So, let's give Joe a a goodbye clap. So Joe and Jamie will be coming back in December to get married, which will be absolutely brilliant before they uh, start their lives in Australia. So it's a great to have you with us. My name is Paul, I'm one of the pastors here at King's Church. It's not that you'd know that if you've been here for the last six weeks, um, but I am. And it's, it's, it's my privilege to lead the team. I've been away um, on a sabbatical for the last six weeks and had a really, just a a great time. I know what you teachers, it's like for you teachers now every year. (laughs) But I do, I I work quite late in the day though, so obviously it's it's slightly different. (laughs) Um, I had a really good break, very relaxing time. Um... Really, really felt freshly energised, um, refreshed, I think. If I was to say, what's it been like? I feel, I feel re- very refreshed. Had some great times away with the family. Uh, we very kindly were uh, lent a house in France. We went down and spent three days there, long weekend there, had a great time. Um, we did all the cultural things. We were out in McDonald's, did stuff like that. Um, <laughs> It, it was great. We had a weekend down in Winchester with Chloe's family. Weekend up in London with my sister. I watched Charlie play football, which I haven't been able to do all year because of happened, all the matches are on Sunday, so it's great to be able to go and do that. Um, just great. Great to recharge batteries with God. Had some really good times with him. I want to share this morning, we're not going to be looking at Timothy. We're going to be looking at what I felt God's been stirring me about pretty much from the first day of, of my sabbatical, first day of my time away. And so we're going to have a look at that had a good opportunity just to think really about what, where we've been going as a church. What, what has God been doing with us over, over the last two and a half years? To um, think about all his goodness. To think about all the things he's done on our behalf. To think about every place where we stepped off, put our foot and God gave it to us. Even when we, we were putting our foot down, we didn't know if we were going to be able to take that piece of ground. 
I've just been able to think as well, what, what, what do we want to look like in five years? What, what wonderful plans has God, God got for us? I, I would never have imagined we'd have been as we are today two and a half years ago. All we've achieved together, all the new faces. It's so good to have you with us. If you've, if you've come in the last couple of years, I love the oldies, but it's great to have you, you with us. Really is. All the adventures we've got coming up, all the Jerichos to take, all the souls, all the people that, that don't know about Jesus yet and are destined for an eternity away from him unless we take what God has given to us and we share it with them. I visited some cracking churches as well. Really good ones. I went up to um, Kingsgate Peterborough. Really friendly, very warm. Went to Hillsong's Tunbridge. Really enjoying the favour of God. Such vibrancy in their worship. Such energy. Trent Vineyard in Nottingham. Very impressive faith. King's Arm in Bedford, I was there this, this weekend with uh, San and Brian and Adrian and, ah, oh, do they love Jesus? Do they love him there? The, the way they worship God, such energy, such passion and zeal for him. I went to uh, East End Church Plant in London when I was visiting my sister. Ah, oh, brilliant, just to see what they're doing, just 50, 60 people see how they're breaking ground in, lo- in a local housing estate, making such a difference. Went to Winchester Family Church. Heard some bloke called John Groves preach. He was, he was speaking about faith, but the way he opened it up, and you think, you can't hear any more about faith, can you? Ah, that's great. And I had, had a week in Romania and Bulgaria with Dave Holden, and uh, it's, it's, yeah... So, just thank you for your prayers. Thank you for releasing me over the last six weeks to be refreshed in God and refreshed with the family. I so appreciated it. We so appreciated it. And uh, I understand things have been going pretty well here. Yeah? Actually, I heard things have been going very well here. Halfway through, I did wonder whether Gary may give me a ring and say, Paul, you know, it's six weeks... Maybe you'd want to leave it another six weeks because God's being good to us. (laughs) Let's stand up. If you feel comfortable too, you can raise your hands. If If you don't, That's fine. If you want, you can just keep your eyes open and watch. Just see what's going on. That's cool. You can do that.
We love you, Jesus. We so love you. You're, you're outstanding. Lord, when, when we sing that, that song, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Feels like my heart's going to burst. I'm so grateful, Lord, for all you've done. I'm so thankful, Jesus, that you die on a cross, pay the price for all of the wickedness in my heart that I might come into this awesome relationship with you. That I can know you. That you're here today. Come Holy Spirit, we pray. Come friend. Flood our hearts again. We do not want to be a church, Lord, that has a form of religion, but it inoculates us to you. Lord, we want to encounter you. We want to be refreshed in you. Lord, we meet with you today. Doesn't matter about the rest of it. But we're thirsty for a fresh encounter with you today. Meet us where we're at. Fill our hearts afresh. Overwhelm us with your love. So we say more of you, Lord. We're thirsty for you. We love to be in your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. We love to be in your presence. More of you, Lord. You make the difference. Why don't you just speak out to him? Speak in tongues or in English, just... Love you, Jesus. Love your presence. We love you.
Amen. I'd like to take your seats. But as you take your seats, I want you to take your seats with an attitude that you're still standing with your hands in the air. Okay? You're still, you're still open to God. Please turn to Luke chapter 3. From pretty much the start of my six weeks, I felt God stirring me about what it is to have a spirit-filled life. What does it, what does it look like? And I thought the best place to go to find out what it's like to have a spirit-filled life is to look at Jesus. And so we're going to just take a few verses from Luke chapter 3 and Luke chapter 4. I'm going to read them. I'm going to do my best to explain them. And my prayer is, not, it's not going to be a deep theological word. My prayer is that it's an experiential thing where you encounter God. As you hear the word, faith rises in your heart and you respond and you meet with God where you're at. So for some of you, it will be a first time filling with the Holy Spirit. It's what's called baptism in the Holy Spirit. For others of you, you will experience a rushing in of God's love, of his Father love in a way that you've not encountered before, And you will know him as your father. You will cry out, Daddy! And it won't just be something that in your head, well, the Bible sort of says that he's my father in heaven, but it'll be an inner witness of something in the heart. For others of you, God will convict you and challenge you and stir you because you've not been keeping in step with the Spirit. To be honest, you've not really known there was a Spirit. Not not in the outward working of your life. And you're thinking, I want to put that right. I want to keep in step with him. And for others of you, he wants to pour out his Holy Spirit on you for fresh power to live life as God has called you to live it. So as you talk about how wonderful Jesus is, there is a fresh anointing upon you to do that. There's a fresh power for you to do it. As you come across people in your daily situations, maybe that aren't very well, faith rises in your heart that you would pray for them, looking for God to bring a healing, looking for God to intervene and bring a a physical transformation to the circumstances that they find themselves in. And what I've noticed as I read in the early chapters of Luke is that Jesus lived life for 30 years He was a good son, he trained as a carpenter. To be honest, we don't really know a great deal about him. The Bible doesn't speak a lot about any of that aspect of his life. But when we get to Luke chapter 3, we start finding out more about Jesus and what he got up to. And in verse 21 it it says this, When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. If you're not certain whether you should be baptised in a couple of weeks' time, let me tell you, you should be. 
Jesus was baptised. Now to be a disciple of Jesus is to be a follower of Jesus. So therefore, if you're following Jesus, you need to do the things that he did. If he was baptised in water, full immersion, you need to be as well. And actually, he told his disciples when he was leaving, he was going up to heaven, he says, go and make disciples of all men, baptising them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Now, I know it's a big decision. I know that you could be quite fearful about it. I know there could be all sorts of doubts and things like that. But in the end, if you've given your life to Jesus, and it's a faith step, you're saying, I'm trusting what the Bible says, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to trust what the Bible says, it's the first step of obedience in following Jesus. And for some of you, and I know it's not an easy decision here, I I remember when I was baptised as a 15-year-old, I was petrified. It was preached about in the morning, in the evening they were doing baptisms. I knew I had to go to the front straight at the end and say, I'm going to be baptised, because if I didn't, I wouldn't do it. I'd back out. You need to be baptised. Jesus was baptised. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At the start of Jesus' ministry, he is empowered by the Holy Spirit. We find that with the early church as well. Before, Jesus actually says to the early church, don't go out preaching, don't go off praying for the sick, don't set up churches, don't go around baptising people, wait until you have received power. Wait until you have been baptised in the Holy Spirit. We find Jesus, before he did any of the stuff that he was going to go on and do, he was baptised, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. If the Son of God, God with flesh on, waited until he had been empowered by the Holy Spirit before he ministered and didn't try to do it in his own effort, how much more do we? With all of our failings and weaknesses, with all of the mistakes we've made in the past, how much more do we need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit? When you gave your life to Jesus, when you made a I'm going to follow you Lord Jesus, when you made that decision, it was the Holy Spirit that opened your eyes, softened your heart, but there is a separate empowering, a baptism in the Holy Spirit that every believer needs. It's a fitting for service. It's an empowering for the things that God has called you to do. It's like like equipping you up. He's set you on the right foundation, but you need to be equipped up. You need to be given the equipment to do it. You need to be empowered by the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. John Hosier, a great theologian based down at Bournemouth, said this, when a person comes to faith in Christ, they should seek to be baptised in the Holy Spirit for the promises for them. This baptism will be experiential in nature. You will know you've been baptised in the Holy Spirit. You'll, you'll, You'll know it. Something will have happened to you. And as the person encounters the power of God, there will be an inner witness of the Spirit. Something happens on the inside that will result in some outward manifestation. Most commonly, but not always, speaking in tongues. You'll you'll know. You'll know you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. After that, there can be numerous other times when a believer is filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you was watching on just now, thinking, what's going on? There's a few people laughing, there's bits and pieces. They may have been laughing at me. 
I'm open to that. But it's probably the Holy Spirit coming upon them and bringing joy. Before we start, we need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Have you been baptised in the Holy Spirit? A bit like the old baptism in water thing. You've given your life to Jesus. You really are following him. You love him. But you're not certain. If if I've been baptised in the Holy Spirit, have I? I'm not certain. Right the way through the book of Acts, Philip goes down to Samaria. He preaches wonderfully. Many in Samaria respond to the gospel and come to know Jesus their Lord. So when the apostles in Jerusalem hear that Samaria has heard the word of God, they send Peter and John down to check out what's going on. It's like Don Smith sent in. What's happening? Some of you don't know who Don is and that's, that's all right. But what's going on? And they find that they've received Jesus. They've been baptised in water but they hadn't yet received the Holy Spirit. And so they lay their hands on them because in laying hands there can be an impartation of the Holy Spirit. I, it's just how God's done it. I don't know why. That's how God has arranged that sometimes that can happen. And they receive the Holy Spirit. And there are other instances through the book of Acts that would uh, bring a similar account. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Jesus was baptised in the Holy Spirit. The second thing we find, and I don't know if we're going to get beyond this to be honest this morning, but we'll see how we do. We find that Jesus is commended by his Father. In verse 22 of Luke chapter 3, what does it say? What does it say? I haven't got a clue, where is it? And a voice from heaven said, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Christ hadn't done anything yet. Well, he had, but you know what I mean. He hadn't started ministry. Hadn't preached. Hadn't healed the sick. Hadn't turned water into wine. Hadn't calmed the storm. He hadn't gathered his disciples, he hadn't been betrayed by Judas, he hadn't died on a cross. He hadn't faced the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he, he hadn't been flogged, he, none, of, none of that, all that he did, all that he achieved, he hadn't done any of that yet, but the Father commended him and says, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. It was a declaration of truth. It was a work of the Spirit. In 1 John 3, 1, it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. How great is it? Can we measure it? How big is it? What is it like? How how can I describe it? How can I demonstrate to you that God loves you? I tell you, I know how I can do it. Because of the relationship he has brought you into. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. Can can you demonstrate love in a greater way than adoption? Say, I love you. I'm, I'm not just bringing you into the edge. You can come work for me. I'm bringing you into my family. You are a son. You are a daughter. You have full rights. There is no difference between the natural and the adopted. 
You are my child, I love you. You have an inheritance, just the same, and I'm going to lavish my love and my grace. All the gifts available for the natural, for the adopted. Sam read this out. Because you are sons, because you are daughters, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave but a son. And since you're a son, God has also made you an heir. The Holy Spirit has been poured out that we would know this. I drove in France a few weeks ago. Thank you. Before I went, I read a book. European Driver's Handbook. The Norway bit didn't help me very much. I spoke to Ian Lockwood. He's driven in France quite a lot. I went on the internet and had a look there. I'd studied. I could have passed the French driving test standing on my my French was fluent. (laughs) Preacher's licence. Did I know what it was like to drive in France? No. I knew once I'd driven off a ferry. (laughs) There's a danger for Christians that we read the handbook but we never drive in France. That we know about the Holy Spirit but we never cross the channel and go out with him. Take him, if I can not be irreverent, take him for a spin. Christians are excellent at knowing it. Some Christians, though, are a little daft, and I'm sure none of you are in this position, that you read the handbook, but you leave it at home, then drive in France and don't have a clue what you're doing. And sometimes we can be a bit like that, can't we? We can read the Bible... We understand what we're supposed to do. We completely forget the Bible and don't apply it to everyday life. So we go into the workplace and we've got difficulties and troubles. We don't refer back to the handbook to find out what we should be doing and how we should be living. We just struggle through as we did before. But the the Christian life, knowing the Holy Spirit, isn't about reading a book and saying, I've done it. It's about a relationship and living with a person and keeping in step with him and transformed by him and being loved by him and working that out in everyday life. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Ephesians 3. just want to talk my way through this. And then I want to warn you. In a minute, I'm going to preach and I want you to stand up. So I've never preached to a standing congregation before. So if you're dozing, or you see the person next to you doesn't, give them a little tap, just so that they're ready to stand up when I ask you to. Verse 16. This is Paul praying for a church just like you. I pray 
that out of his glorious riches, he may score glorious riches. What glorious riches God has. But out of them, that's where he's paying for it all from. Out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So we're following it so far. Paul prays that you will be strengthened inside of you with power. Fancy a bit of power? A bit of power would be good, isn't it? Especially life's hard. We need power. I ain't got a clue what's it say. Inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, so you are rooted and established in the love of God. Yeah? Rooted and established in the love of God? You are. If you know Jesus. May have power, so it's not, it's not a mind thing, it's not an information thing, it's a power thing. I pray that you will have power together with one or two of the really holy saints. Sorry, Kev. You may have power together with all the saints. So it's everyone here to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to all the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power, not my power, not my effort, according to his power that is what work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout every generation. Are we a generation? We're included then in every generation forever and ever. Amen. That's, Paul prays it. If you want to know the love of Christ, it's about truth, it's about prayer, it's about power. Can you stand please? I want to pray for you that you will know the love of God in that way. The Father's love in that way. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, that your love is a wide love. It is a broad love. I thank you, Lord, it includes anyone background will not hinder you from receiving the love of Christ. Any nation, any culture, any language, it has even reached the English. Isn't that good? You cannot be too poor or overlooked. You cannot be too awkward for his love. There is no such thing as your face does not fit. The breadth of his love is wonderful. As far as you walk to the east or the west, you will not get to the edge of his love. The breadth of his love comes to embrace you. you, Lord, Lord, I ask you that we would grasp, we would see, we would have power to know the breadth of your love. Lord, I want to thank you for the length of your love. God's love that reaches back past the horizon of creation. Before the world was formed, he knew you. He's been working out his immaculate plan of salvation ever since. He's been weaving his, his, his love story together. 
Before the world was formed, he knew you. He can take the most horrendous things that happen, that break his heart, and break the hearts of his children, and somehow, and I don't understand it, he can weave them back into his purposes. His love can even break through that. Wash over that, cleanse that. His love reaches back. You, it's, it's not just haphazard. God's plan for you started before the world was formed. The length of his love is immeasurable. Lord, I pray. I just pray, Lord, for those that are hurt from the past that think there is no way God can love me. Lord, I thank you, Lord, your love started before any mistakes were ever made and it's unchanging. It's so strong, it won't break. You can't break the love of God. It stretches back into history and it comes and it touches you right now. I thank you for the height of your love. Oh, the things you've got for us. The places you want to take us. The plans you have for us as an individual but as a church. Oh, the height of God's love. Part of his family, crowned with his love, lavished with his grace, seated with Christ in heavenly places. What heights to his love. The safety, the security, the privileged position, seated as sons. Even the angels look and wonder, and wonder how can God's great love take, lift his people so high? Loves you. I pray for power to grasp the heights of God's love for us. And the depths of your love, Lord Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, please help us. Lord Jesus, you carried all of our sin. You paid the price for the evil in my heart, for the rebellion, the, the, the independence. Lord, you ransacked hell. You took me out of the devil's grip. You didn't count any of my sin against me, but cleanse me and wash me. Absolute pure. There is no sin that cannot be forgiven. Perversion, greed, hatred or murder. Your sexual orientation, it cannot separate, none of that stuff can separate you from the love of God. His love reaches through eternity. You cannot be disqualified from his love. Both deeds done and the potential to sin, the depths of his love carries the whole load. His love reaches even under the most evil thing you've ever done and lifts you out. Oh Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would know your love. Lord, we confess that our minds are so small often that we cannot really grasp it. We sort of know it, but it's like words that bounce off our heads. We pray, Holy Spirit, for such an infusion of your Spirit, for power that we would know the breadth, the length, 
the height and the depth of your great love. And to know that love, that surpasses understanding. You say, come Holy Spirit. You are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. Come Holy Spirit. Here is love vast as an ocean. Loving kindness as a flood. When the prince of life our ransom shed for us his precious blood. On the mount of crucifixion fountains opened deep and wide through the floodgates of God's mercy flowed a vast and a gracious tide. Grace and love like mighty rivers poured incessant from above and heaven's peace and perfect justice kissed you, a guilty sinner, with love. Who his love will not remember, and who can cease to sing his praise, he can never be forgotten throughout heaven's eternal days. Oh Lord, we love you. Lord, we, Lord, we pray. We want to, we want to know your love afresh. Want to be overwhelmed with it. Holy Spirit, hmm. can I invite the band up, please? Some here today, and I know there's a number of you, you don't, you don't know Jesus. Sort of listening to what I'm saying and, and talking about and don't know that love. This morning you can come to know him and give your life to Jesus. It costs you everything to follow him, mind you. It costs you absolutely everything. But there isn't anything better. Is there church? I don't think I'd do it if I was them. Listen to Is there anything better? It's wonderful, isn't it? It's a narrow gate. It's a low gate. Can't do it on my own. I need God's grace and mercy. Please forgive me for what I've done wrong. Lord, I look to you, Jesus. I choose to follow you. Not on the basis of my effort, 
on the basis of your mercy and grace. I come with faith. I accept you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord and my Saviour. There is none like you, Lord God. We're going to sing this wonderful hymn and just look for the Holy Spirit to come. Open your hearts to him. Believe he does want to touch us where we're at. Wants to minister to us. Wants to reveal his love in fresh ways to us. Let's worship Jesus.